Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. So my message very simply, you know I don't do long titles, is do not say any Afrikaans, Muni, Seni. John chapter 4, verse 34, Jesus said to them, My food or my meat is to do the will of him who sent me, what satisfies me, fulfill me, and to finish his work. How many of you know that God wants us to finish strong one day? We should be praising God in our 20s, our 30s, our 40s, our 50s, our 60s, our 70s, and our 80s. Amen. And the more God blesses us, the louder our praise should become. We shouldn't become couch potatoes when God blesses us. Now Jesus talking to the disciples, He says, Do not say, there are still four months and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes, look at the fields, not the giants, for they are already white for harvest. Do not say four months, then I'm going to do something about my situation. One of the greatest things that killed vision, Jesus speaks about two things. He speaks about vision and procrastination. One of the greatest things that stop progress in life is the word called procrastination. One day I'm going to get a degree. One day I'm going to go on a diet. One day I'm going to do this or one day I'm going to do that. Jesus says, don't say, don't say next year. Don't say when times are better. Don't say when COVID is finally open, over, no. He says, lift your eyes. Because where there is no vision, people perish. No matter where you are, you can be in a wine press tonight. You can be in a prison tonight. You can be in a lion's den tonight. You can be facing impossible odds tonight. It doesn't matter. You are not alone. God is with you and God is for you. And you have to lift your eyes from the place where you are and see the land that God has promised you. Remember Abram. In Genesis chapter 15, after he doubted the promise of God because the delay was too long, and we know a delay is not a denial, God said to Abraham, come out of your tent, come out of your dark zone, come out of your place where you develop negative images because the dark places in our minds are the places we go and that's where we develop negative images. We have to come out of the dark places. We have to come out of the places that put ceilings upon us. We have to come out of our limitations. We have to come out of our disappointments. We have to come out of our setbacks and we have to lift up our eyes to God. Come on. The Psalmist said, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. Oh, come on tonight. I don't care how impossible things seem. The Bible says the things that are impossible with men are possible with God, for with God all things are possible. But you're going to have to come out. You have to stand in your place of turmoil, of tragedy, of shame, of failure. And you have to lift up your eyes above the giants, above the disappointments. And you have to see the harvest when there is no harvest. You have to see the future when there is no future. And you have to prophesy to your future. That's what Jesus says to these disciples. Do not say... Do not say I am tired or I am too old, I am too young. I can't see. Then I have to ask you what's wrong with you because when the Holy Ghost comes, He gives you a fresh vision and He causes you to dream. So come on, Satan is the dream stealer. God is the dream giver. If you have lost your dream, you have to get back into God's presence so God can revive your dream. Come on, young person. You've been hanging around too long with too many negative people who see no future for South Africa. But you have to see the milk and the honey. You have to see the grapes and not the giants. You have to lift up your eyes from the place where you are and see that your best days are ahead of you. Shout Amen in the name of Jesus Christ. Then in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 4, the Word of the Lord came to me, Jeremiah saying, Behold, I formed you in the womb. 
You're not a mistake. And neither are you an accident. You are not an oops. You are planned by God. A little bit more, please. You are planned, predestined. I've heard too many stories about children whose parents thought about adopting or, or, or aborting them because the parents thought they were illegitimate. No life is illegitimate. That's why we are pro-life in South Africa and in this church. And we understand when there's a medical crisis, we work with our doctors, but we say to young girls, if you fall pregnant, don't abort that baby. We will help you. That child is born of God. That child has a future and has a hope. It doesn't matter how you got you. The fact is you are here tonight and you are created in the image of God. Whether you know your mama or your papa, it doesn't matter. You hail from God. You're born from above. You have the seed of greatness on the inside of you. It doesn't matter whether you are black or white, young or old. Come on. It doesn't matter what your skin pigmentation. You were created in the image of God. And God says, I have a future and a hope for you. So God says, I, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Hallelujah. I mean, you could have lived in the 14th century. But you were born for this time. That means you have what it takes not to survive, but to thrive. So God says, before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you to be a businessman, to be a teacher, to be a doctor, to be a prophet, a pastor to the nations. Then I said, it's the problem every human being has to face, self-doubt. He says, oh Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I'm but a child. What is your cannot tonight? Sometimes we don't voice it, but it's the voice in our mind. It's the thoughts that we think. And I want to say this tonight, that self-doubt is the worst kind of doubt that you can have. I mean, people can doubt you, but they can't derail you. David's father doubted him. David's oldest brother doubted him. King Saul doubted him, but David never doubted himself because he knew God and he knew who he was in God. He had a track record. I've slain the lion, I've slain the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. So here comes Jeremiah and he says, but I cannot speak for I am too young. You know, when I started in the ministry many moons ago, 21 years old, Started the first church in 23, built the first building when I was 25 in Lady Brain, a non-racial, multiracial church back in 1988. Didn't wait for the politicians to tell me racism is a sin. I figured it out when I read the Bible. And I was criticized a lot and we built that building and I'll never forget one of the, well, you know, it's a, a small dorpy that I never thought I'd go to, uh, sat with me and he said, I love your ministry, but I can't follow you. You are too young. I thought, what are you talking about? Because I never saw myself too young. I never saw myself incapable or not qualified because of my age. Come on. Jeremiah is 17 years old and God says you are not too young to have a great destiny. Come on. You are not too young to do great exploits for God. Your age is but a number. Your age does not count against you. So God says to Jeremiah, do not say... So the first thing we, we, we see is God says, do not say four months, don't procrastinate because now is all you have. The second thing God talks about is do not say, He talks about your identity. Because when you doubt who you are, you'll always doubt what you can do. And we're not talking about a humanistic identity. We're talking about an identity that's rooted in Christ, in God in your God-created image. Because most people have had people say to them, you're not as bright, you're not as smart. Kids grow up in families and they're not the top performer, so they feel second best. The third child feels second best. People award those that are first, second and third. Not the education system today, which in any case I think is, is, is nonsense. Everybody gets an award. No. We should not award people falsely, but what we should do is teach diversity, that you are valuable, 
that you are special, that you have some gifts and you have some things that only you have. And because of God's creation and God's preordination, and because God predestined you to be somebody of significance. When you connect with that, you connect with your God identity. So, so Jeremiah has a conversation with God, same way Paul had a conversation with God. And I'll say this to you tonight again, you are not gonna discover yourself outside of God. And neither are you gonna discover your destiny outside of God. A lot of people that study a degree and they end up doing something totally different. You are wired a certain way. You have a certain personality. I'm not talking about the part that's messed up. I'm not talking about the person who has a bad temper and says, well, that's just who I am. No, you've got to grow up. You've got to grow out of your bad temper. You've got to become more Christ-like in Jesus' Name. So when you come out of your mother's womb, you are predestined by God. When you meet Jesus Christ, the Bible says, 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. Build all things that become new. So God gives you two starts. One, when you come out of the womb. Secondly, when you meet Jesus, God says, don't care how you've messed up. I don't care how low you are. Now I'm gonna do something new in your life. You are a brand new creature and you have God's character and God's nature on the inside of you. Oh, come on. You are not a loser. You are a winner. You are not a nobody. You are a somebody because you have a brand new identity in Jesus Christ. That's why when people come in my company and they minimize themselves or they do down talk, I always stop them. I said, no, 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 no. Don't down talk in my presence. Don't apologize. And, and you know, we were taught that humility is to almost have this worm-like attitude. It's not in the Bible. God says to Abraham, walk confidently before me. You walk in your God-created identity. And not arrogant, confident, big difference. If Jesus says you can, and you say, I can't, that's not humility. That's rebellion and stubbornness. If God says you are the head and you choose to be the tail, that's your choice. You disregard who God says you are. So when God talks to us, we have to respond by firstly believing, and then secondly, we have to step into what God says we are or who God says we are. And we have to step into what God calls us into. So he has a, a conversation God has with Jeremiah. God says, I know you, buddy. I know you better than you know yourself. You can downplay yourself, undermine yourself. Your mama says this, your papa says this, but they never made you. I made you. I knew you before you were in your mother's womb. Like David says, when you created me in my mother's womb, uh, 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 or when I was formed in my mother's womb, you were there. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I've learned that most people wrestle with their self-image, which really is their God image. Why would you doubt yourself if God doesn't doubt you? I've seen in the marketplace, in the ministry, people can say the right words, but ultimately it's what they believe about themselves that will determine where they get in life. Because belief is the ignition switch that gets you off the launching pad. If you believe you can't, you possibly won't. If you believe you can, you definitely will. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. I am blessed, I am not cursed. I am accepted in Christ, I'm not rejected. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. I'm not gonna identify with all the negativities and all the stamps out there. I'm not part of the cookie print uh, 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 line. I am a brand new creature and there is something unique about me, something special about me, something different about me. And if you don't like it, my brother, I'm not gonna change to fit in with you. I'm gonna be who God called me to be. So you be you and you live freely. You're an eagle and you're not a turkey in Jesus' name. So what's the conversation that God has with Gideon or, or, or with um, Jeremiah? 
he says to him, I've called you and Jeremiah say, I cannot speak. And what does God say to him? God says, I'm gonna put my words in your mouth. Now we understand those are prophetic words, but we also understand there's a, a, a parallel truth here that there's life and death in the power of our tongues. With the words that come out of our mouths, we either empower ourselves to fail or to succeed in life. So the challenge we have today more than ever in this world is an identity crisis. I don't even want to elaborate because I understand biblical prophecy that says, as was the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, so will be the days of the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. So that that which is normal will be deemed as abnormal and what is abnormal will be deemed as normal. But we, the church, Christians, born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, cannot become part of this identity crisis, plural, in the world. We know who we are. We hail from God. We have God on the inside of us. We are born from above. We know that God created us to be who we are. We don't go on this discovery journey outside of God's Word. And suddenly we come and we say, oh, this is who I am. No, you have to find out from God who you are. You have to go look into the mirror of the Word of God and you have to begin to say what God says about you in Jesus' Name. You know, I'm a charismatic, a Pentecostal, an evangel evangelical, whatever you wanna call me. I come from a reformed background, so I've got it all. And um, sometimes people think all people need is a touch from God and everything's gonna be different. Partial truth. When Moses has an encounter with God at the burning bush, and he takes the sandals off his feet. He stays at the bush, not for a charismatic experience, but for God to rid him of his self-doubt. Because God says to Moses, I'm, come down, I, I'm sending you. What does Moses say? He says, who am I? Oh, that's the first thing people struggle with, who am I? And they ask their friends, who am I? Culture defines who they are, the culture of the day. Music defines who people are. Watch how people dress. Teachers define who people are. Parents define who people are. So people walk around without an identity. They have a crisis. And they're always trying, and I'm not against reinventing yourself, but they're always trying to fit in. Well, when you know who you are, it doesn't matter what people think about you. It doesn't what people say about you. You are comfortable in your own skin and you are comfortable in your God identity. You don't have to conform to a political party to get some power. You don't have to sleep with a boss to get the top. You don't need a sugar daddy to get you through university. You have a heavenly father. You're a daughter of God. You are saved by the grace of God and you know that God holds your future in the palm of His hand. Can I have a girl in this place tonight? Give the Lord a praise. So, so, so Jeremiah wrestles with his identity and then he wrestles with fear of rejection. God says, don't be afraid of their faces. You shall speak the words that I give you. When, when, when you become you in Christ, you will be criticized. <laughs> hot potato, hot potato. Then all the wet blankets come. When you begin to live a free life in Christ and you believe you can, everybody else, let's call them Joe Average, who has no aspirations, who choose to live as victims in this world, want to say to you, but who do you think you are? Just stay where you are, stay in the cage. This is what our culture dictates. Many families, whatever the surname is, people back in the day used to say, well, the Kutsias don't. The Kutsias don't do what? What we don't do is we don't conform to this world. What we don't do is we don't fit into the limitations that this world tries to impose upon us. So I call it, we are righteous rebels because we are righteous in Christ and our identity is rooted in our Christ righteousness. So we will not conform 
to what people say about us. We will be the standout people. You will be the Joseph in your company, the Jacob on Laban's team. You will be the Shadrach, the Meshach, the Abednego. You will refuse to be like everybody else who's half committed. You will be fully committed because you know who you are. Amen. So do not say I'm too young. Do not say I'm too old. Do not say I don't have the right education. Do not say I don't have money. Clickety click. You don't need money to start a business. You need vision. Vision, God-ordained vision will attract all the resources you need. Vision is the catalyst that will launch you into destiny. You know, when I moved to Lady Brand, nobody paid us, supported us. When we launched out in our first building project, there was no money. There was 3,000 Rand in the bank and we sold it to a church in East London. And I did what we could do. I shared this morning, we dug some ditches. So what did we do? We dug the foundation, we got busy. We did what we could. We couldn't afford a building company, construction company. All we did was we have a vision, a few of us, to build a church for God's glory. So we got shovels. We got somebody who knew something about building. I know a lot about building now. And we started digging trenches. We built a beautiful thatch uh, building in Lady Brand. If you go there, it's still there. 30 years later, beautiful. One of the most beautiful buildings that you'll see. Well, the most beautiful building in that place in any case. And um, we had to buy, buy the, uh, I mean, if you know anything about thatch, it's a heavy uh, construction. And we didn't have money. Are you listening to me? But we had a lot of faith. We had a lot of unction. We were busy. So I traveled the whole free state to look for those telephone poles that Eskom didn't want. And we bought one there and one there, 13 meter poles. And we thought, well, how are we going to get them up there? Block and tackle. We had a vision. We were going to build something for God and it's going to be beautiful. And we struggled with the first uh, pole, I'll never forget, and Eskom, while it was still functioning, this man drove past with his truck, a crane, and he felt sorry for us, but it wasn't sorry, it was favor. So he said, okay, I'm gonna get those poles up for you. And we erected that structure very, very quickly. And as we got busy, more and more people came and said, what are you doing? Because it was right at the entrance. No, we're building a church. People not even in the building. They said, we're gonna help you. When you have vision, you become fully persuaded and you get rid of all your crutches because excuses are the crutches of the uncommitted. You get rid of all the I cannot, I'm too black, I'm too white, I'm too young, I'm too old. Apartheid has oppressed me for too long. Hey, that's 28 years later, my brother. Time to get up, time to get up, time to get a vision because vision will take you places that no political party can take you. Vision will cause you to prosper when people say it cannot be done. Oh, come on, in Jesus' name, like Isaac, he prospered in the second famine because he had a vision. He walked with God. He didn't walk as a victim. Anybody can find a reason not to progress in life. Everybody can settle at any time. That's why I tell business people when they talk about retirement at 55, I say, man, as a brief talk. Jij nog niet eens half pad, nee, maar die Bijbel roep. Onder 60 say, jy is a young man, jy is a young vrou. So change your mind about yourself. Stop acting old because you think you're 50 or you're 60 years old. The Bible says younger widows under 60, 60 should marry again. That means you can still get a husband under 60. Okay, over 60 as well, over 70 as well. You can still get a husband. I spoke to a woman the other day. She's 89 and she's getting married now to a young man. Hallelujah. A young bok van 78. Some of you are 13, you're acting old and you're talking about retirement. What's that? 
Huh? Stop looking for reasons to slow down, reasons to settle, reasons to be a camper. God never called you to be a camper. He called you to be a climber. He called you to go from glory to glory. He called you to be progressive in this life. He called you to be 10 times better in the Name of Jesus Christ. So get rid of all the negativities, the dark images. Get into the presence of God. Get under the glory of God. Get into the fire of God. Get into the anointing of God. Get into the place where God can deal with you. Get to that burning bush, Moses, where God can wash out those excuses. I'm not able, I'm not eloquent. Send somebody else, God. God says, no, I've chosen you. I've appointed you. I've ordained you. This is your time. This is your now, in Jesus' Name. Well, this COVID people said things will never be the same. I agree, it's gonna be better. Oh, come on, I said it's gonna be better. It's gonna be better. You are gonna go stronger because you've come through this COVID and that means you are stronger. Come on, what doesn't kill us make us stronger, amen. The Bible says that suffering, whatever you have gone through, is just for a while. But the glory of God will be revealed in your life. God has not forsaken you. He's not abandoned you. He's not given up on you. Don't you give up on yourself. Don't you become like everybody else who's just shuffling along after COVID. No energy, no passion, no vision. Like you have to drag people. Get that COVID sloth out of you. And if you're a cleaner, be the best cleaner because I promise you, somebody's always watching. Ask me, we employ people. We have over 300 people who work at the church. I'm always watching for the performers and those with a great attitude. The clock watchers never will get promotion on my watch, ever. Those who go the extra mile, those who show up early, those who produce extraordinary results, right? We are ordinary, but with God, we should be extraordinary, right? Problem solvers. We have God. There's nothing average about God, nothing mundane, nothing small. Jesus started as a baby, but He didn't stay a baby. He's now ruler of the universe. Your business may stay small, but it doesn't have to, or start small, but it doesn't have to stay small. Your personality, your capacity, your worldview. Everything about you should be growing all the time. Inside and not out, okay? I, I love stories and I don't want to give too much detail when you hear uh, a lady married to a husband and the husband left her and she's in her late 30s and the husband doesn't support her and then she says, what am I going to do? Be a victim for the rest of my life? And the lady I'm thinking about now got a degree, a law degree. At the same time that her daughter studied law, 36 or 37 or 38, she got a law degree because she decided I'm as low as I can go. Life has knocked me down, but I'm not gonna stay down for the rest of my life. I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna get a degree. And now she's practicing law. For the last 15 years, she's practicing law because I'll tell you something, God helps those who are willing to be helped. Let me put it like that. But if you're just sitting around and waiting, for better days and more pay, it's not happening. You've got to get vision. You've got to get busy. You've got to rid yourself of all the excuses that are hijacking your life. And when we don't want to do soul searching, which is a very difficult thing for people to do, we point a finger elsewhere. I am because of Him. 
And that's not going to move you forward. Paul changed that. At the end of his ministry, he says, he, he says, I am what I am by the grace of God. They've tried to kill me. They've beaten me. I've gone through every negative in this world, but I never gave up on that heavenly vision to stand before King Agrippa. They couldn't kill me because my vision kept me alive. I never doubted God in the most difficult times of my life so I can stand and say, I am what I am by the grace of God. And I'll tell you, God's grace is more powerful than any plan, than any weapon of the devil. If you will rely upon God's grace and you will allow God's grace to lift you out of the miry clay, if you will allow God's grace to keep you strong, like Paul said, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. I'm strong because of God's grace. Life's not always fair, but God is fair. Though we cannot change yesterday and we can learn many lessons from yesterday, now is all we have. And until something doesn't change in your mind, nothing else is gonna change because you'll work at the next company and then you'll blame that company. Then there'll be another company, then you'll blame that company. Or you'll find another man and you'll blame him. Then you'll find another man and you blame him. you find another man. And I'm not saying this to criticize anybody, but sometimes we have to go look in the mirror. And I'm not talking about a physical mirror. We have to go look in the mirror of God's Word and say, Father, here I am. And lay our hearts bare before God and allow God to minister to us and allow God to heal us and allow God to set us on the path of life, right? Otherwise, it's a yo-yo journey, a big dipper journey all your life. When you have an encounter with God like Moses, like Jacob, who was labelled a supplanter, a cheat, a deceiver. After his encounter with God, God said to him, no longer will your name be Jacob, but you will be Israel. For a prince with God I've made you. Notice the identity change before the blessing changes in his life. Peter, Simon, reed-like, easily influenced, tossed by peer pressure, the culture of the day, the negativities. And Jesus says to him, no longer will your name be Simon, but Peter, for a rock I have made you. What do you think Jesus came to do for you? He didn't only come to get you to heaven, he came to make you a rock. He came to fill you with His life, His divine nature. He came to empower you to live a life of victory and a life of dominion and a life where you overcome. He gave you the keys of the Kingdom of Heaven. Come on, that's why you cannot look at yourself as a loser. You cannot always look at yourself as if something is lacking. I tell you today, you are complete in Jesus Christ. You hail from God, you are born from above. You need to begin to celebrate what God says about you and begin to live up to heaven's expectation, which is above what this world does. Because this world is designed to put you down. The culture in most homes is to silence you, to put you down, to tell you what you cannot do. I mean, if us grew up and all we heard was don't. Don't. Don't run. Now we're trying to get you to run. Don't speak. Now we're trying to get you to witness. Don't laugh, don't live, programmed. We have to be conformed, transformed by the running of our minds. We have to put on the mind of Christ. We have to think differently because new thoughts will put us on a new course. We have to think different about ourselves. That's why we have to stop the conversations we are having that limit us and that inhibit us and the conversations that put labels upon us. We, have, we must have conversations with God 
and conversations with the Word of God and conversations with people who understand what the Bible says about us. And then we ourselves have to get out of that wine press and leave ourselves behind the least of the weakest and accept what God says about us. The Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. Gideon was afraid, Gideon was hiding. Moses was afraid, Moses was hiding. Peter was afraid, he ran away. He denied Jesus three times. So if you have lived a life of being intimidated and you've been afraid and uncertain and unsure, there are many great men of God throughout this Bible that were there. Many people who doubted themselves. I don't think there's a person that ever rises to the top that does not have to wrestle with self-doubt consistently. And I always tell people, I can give you the vote of confidence, but if you don't, you will not succeed. You have to give yourself a vote of confidence. You have to believe in yourself. Think about the, the, the 12 spies that were sent out to spy out the promised land. The land that God says, I am giving, I have given. 10 came back with a negative report. They all saw the same thing. They all live in South Africa. They all have load six or stage six load shedding. Blesses Jesus Christ, hallelujah, amen. Thank God we are the light of the world, hallelujah. They all face the same thing, but watch the response. And I'll say it again, your response is critical because what you say can stop the future that God has for you. Don't neutralize or hijack the great plans God has for you through the words that come out of your mouth, through the thoughts that you think, and through procrastination. Don't hijack your future. Those 10 spies hijacked, not the economy, but the future of an entire nation for 40 years, actually 45 years. Think about it. When they came back, leaders of leaders, and they gave a report to Moses and they said, the land that we've seen is a good land. And we all know South Africa is a great land and bear with me all the neighboring countries and other African countries, your countries are also great and all over the world. But I'm now talking to our people in South Africa. Allow me for a moment, please. We all know this is a land of milk and honey. We all know this is a land of endless opportunity. We all know that we have the greatest people in the world. We all know that we have the most resilient people in the world. We all know that if we get along and if we sort certain things out, we are gonna build the greatest nation this continent of Africa has ever seen, maybe even in the world. We all know, we know it, we know it, we know it. So we cannot conform to what people say out there. We need to be a different voice. We need to be a Joshua and a Caleb in a world of uncertainty. And we have to be a voice that says, we are well able to rebuild South Africa. We are well able to alleviate poverty and to eradicate the disease of poverty. We are well able to put a government in power that will love the people of South Africa. Come on, can I have an amen here today in Jesus' name? We are not gonna side with all the naysayers and the doomsayers. We are gonna keep our eyes on Jesus Christ and we're gonna stick our heels into the ground and we are gonna say we will not be moved. We will take this nation and move this nation forward for the glory of God in Jesus' Name. And if this old generation were not able to do it, you are the generation that will do it. You will change this country for the glory of God and by the power of God. Say Amen tonight in Jesus' Name. You will build the greatest businesses in the midst of a declining economy. You will build the greatest churches when people have tried to shut the church down. You know, I, I love everybody and the politicians, etc. but I'm not like other pastors with a short memory. It's not unforgiveness. They try to shut the church down during COVID. So 
don't expect me to have a politician put his toe on our platform and now they will try and say they were for the church. I sat in those meetings. They were never for the church. And part of the problem we have in this country is because they took the authority and the voice of the church out of this country where that can hold them accountable. But God said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. And I'll declare it that we have the greatest years for the church of Jesus ahead in South Africa. Every plan, every purpose, every weapon of Satan did not prevail against the church. The church will be stronger. The church will thrive. The church will take over according to Daniel chapter 7. And I'm not talking about buildings. I'm talking about to you as the Christians in Jesus' name. You are the cream of the crop. You should rise to the top. You have the nature of God on the inside of you. You have the wisdom of God. You have the power of God. You have the Spirit of God. Stop undermining yourself and belittling yourself and sidelining yourself and derailing yourself through the words that you speak and through the thoughts that you think and through your procrastination. Do not say four months. Behold, I say, lift your eyes and see the land. Put in the sickle for the harvest is ripe. Get a shovel and dig some ditches. Pray some prayers. Do something. Stop doubting yourself and be the man, the woman that God called you to be in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I told my children every day of their lives who they were. So when they came back from class and there was a teacher, let me say ignoramus. I have to choose my words carefully. It's a public platform. Um, I said, that's not who you are. But I realized that one negative had to be counted with 21 positives at least. One of my children sat and an authority figure said to that child, you just average. Look, I flipped my lid. You get me? You tell my kid in my presence, you average. Be glad I'm a Christian. Don't expect too much from life. I ended the meeting right there. I said, let's go. And I spoke to that person. I said, you're not average. There's nothing average about you. You are special. You are going to do this, 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 this. And that person is doing it. The person is doing it. It's doing it. And when she got a degree in the Free State University, the rector, there were three and a half thousand students, singled her out. It was a redemption. Where a headmaster tried to put her down and tell her that she's just average. The rector of the University of the Free State, in his address to all the parents and the students said, there's one student I want to single out. Where has the most excellent attitude and I've never met a person like this. And she got a grades, everything was perfect, etc. But he spoke about her character in front of everybody else. I thought, yes, God, you've just vindicated her from an office where somebody tried to belittle her to a public platform. You just let everybody know who she is and what she can do. And here I stand tonight on a public platform. And I tell you, eagle, thou art an eagle. You belong to the sky. Spread your wings and fly in Jesus' name, eagle. Thou art an eagle. You belong to the sky. Spread your wings and fly in the name of Jesus Christ. Stretch your wings and fly. And be who God says you are. Get rid of all the self-doubts and by the power of God, erase all the voices that are still stuck in your mind. That every time you face a battle, there's a voice, whether a coach, whether a teacher, whether a parent. And that voice wants to come back into your mind. I pray by God's grace that that voice is eradicated and silenced from your mind. And I pray by God's grace tonight that you choose to believe what God says about you. 
and you get your nose into the Bible and you study the Word of God and you get yourself into the presence of God as Moses did until God eradicated all five excuses that Moses had. He didn't just have a heart transformation. He had a mind transformation. The thing that hijacked people more than anything else are their thoughts. That's where we fight battles. Before you go for the interview. Before you ask the girl on a date, oh, she's never going to say no. Oh, yes. Okay, okay, I'm not going to rock. And I'm going to be as ongedroot. Pastor, I just can't see. Okay, and you want me to pray for you? I can't. It's too hard. Okay? I don't think I can. Okay? What can I do? I'm very educated. Well, get one. Believe God. Get a bursary. I'm qualified, but I don't have a job. Well, whatever your hand finds to do, do with all your might. That means with your passion, your energy, somebody's going to notice you. Somebody's going to employ you and pray that as you serve as a waiter, not you dump the food on the table. I said to my kids, we ate the other day with Chanel's birthday. I I thought, this girl who served us doesn't have the gift of servanthood. So the third time I said, okay, just don't dump everything down here, okay? I know it's not nice, but just, you know, just put the things down gently and just act like you enjoy it because emotion follows motion. You get moving, you change. You sit, you die. So if you don't have a job, wake up every day, six o'clock, dress up and go look for a job. Somebody's going to notice you Somebody's going to notice you. Somebody's going to see you, Ruth. Somebody is going to notice you in the field. Somebody is going to notice you next to the road. If you are the standout person as the security guard, the standout person as the tea girl, the standout person as the clerk doing your internship as an attorney, as a CA, as whatever you've studied, veterinary, doctor, you're doing your Zuma Yar, wie is die beste? Dan gaan daar tien geleentere na jou toe kom. Maar as jy soos amal is, dan hanteer mense jou soos amal. Verstaan jy? Jy kan nie soos amal wees nie. Sadrach mees, ek abed nie goe, was tien keer beter. Now people say you can't preach that. Well I can, it's in the Bible. And Jesus said, the Bible said Jesus was excellent, Scripture, in everything He did. He didn't shuffle along in His earthly ministry. He had an excellent ministry. Everything He did was excellent. God is a God of excellence. So come on. Come on. Get a new image of God, of who God is, and then see yourself as God sees you. And become what God says about you. That in itself is a journey. That in itself takes a lot of time. That is the journey of transformation. When the light comes on and you see more and more what God says about you and you replace all the negative imprints, paradigms in your mind and now you are free in your thinking. You think the thoughts of God so that you begin to live the life that God says you can live. And when people say you can't, there should be something in your heart that repels that. When somebody says you don't have what it takes, there should be something in you that, that, that resists that. When people down talk, they, there's something in you that should stand up. I always tell people, nobody can make you feel inferior without your consent. You don't have to go on Facebook and say, this person treated me incorrectly. Blah, 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 blah. You can't feel insignificant without your consent. 
Because you decide whether you believe what people say or you decide whether you are the way people treat you. So David just said to Eliab, his oldest brother, speak to the hand man. You want to treat me like a black person? Speak to the hand. You want to treat me like inferior? Speak to the hand. You want to treat me a certain way? Speak to the hand. I know who I am. I'm a royal priesthood. Come on, I'm a chosen generation. I'm a child of God. I hail from above. I'm different. You don't know it, but God knows it and I know it. And I will not be derailed by your attitude towards me. I am who God says I am. So you rise above the discrimination. You rise above the prejudice. You rise above what people do. You don't live responsive every day of your life the way people treat you, no, or reactive. You live responsive as a child of God and you love people and you bless people and you pray for people because you walk confidently in who you are. Come on, if you receive the Word tonight, give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. I am before I know what I can. My I am precedes my I can. So I was a teenager once as well, believe it or not. And I had an identity problem, didn't know it, but my identity was rooted in my music. Okay, it was reggae. It's not anything any of you know because you're, you're not lovers of music, okay. And rooted in my circle of friends, rooted in my culture, rooted in my religion, rooted in people's opinions. And I was messed up. Messed up. Because the only person who can give you definition is God. The only person who can put you on a journey of self-discovery, which I want to say God discovery, where you feel good about yourself. Isn't that how God wants us to live? Not you feel bad or you feel low or you feel something is lacking, something is wrong. I wish I looked like her. I wish I... No. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. You have to accept who God created you to be and love, listen, 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 love who God created you to be. Because if you don't love yourself, you will never be able to love other people. If you cannot get along with yourself, how in the world are you going to get along with anybody else? Jesus said, love your neighbours, you love yourself. We're not talking about narcissism. But you can only love yourself once you've experienced the love that God has for you. When you experience God's love, you love God back. And that's the journey of change. You pursue Him. Not what He has to offer. Not a quick fix to success. Not God runs at your beck and call. No. You discover Him. You discover the love that He has for you. And that settles you like nothing else in this world can settle you. Not a marriage, not a wife, not a child. People derive their identity through their children and then it's the pram competition. Oh my word, Jesus, help us here in the Pretoria East. My, the Swiss. Listen, I don't go to this place, but I'm forced to go there again. But every pram, the parkaladasus, I ride motorbike, you can see. So it's like a pram snobbery. Like we have motorbike snobbery, it's a pram snobbery. And all this perfect is, and that's okay. But you can raise the child perfectly and not have perfect love for that child. And 
It's that perfect love that shapes us. And that's perfect love that God has that qualifies us when we are secure in the love that God has for us because that erases all self-doubt and makes you feel secure. And when you are secure in the love that God has for you, you become secure in the life that God calls you to live. I cannot overemphasize that enough. You're going to find God on the journey. You find God, then the journey begins. A lot of people are grappling and they're looking and they, they it's, it's just like the connection is not there. Tonight, you can have that connection established or re-established. I want every head bowed, every eye closed, no one moving. You're in Pretoria, in Bloemfontein, in Johannesburg, in all our churches, wherever you are. God so loves you. We get so busy, 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 and we have so many ideas about God. The Bible defines God as love. God is agape. God is love. And when you come to God, you experience what no human being in this world can give you. You're sitting out tonight, you say, Pastor, I've walked away from God. I don't have peace in my relationship with God. Somehow I've got lost again. All the self-doubt, all the things that were in my life before I gave my life to Jesus are back again. Well, you have to come and surrender yourself, put your life on the altar is the song that we sang. You have to. Things don't change by themselves. That's why we have services and we give people an opportunity to put their lives back in the hands of Jesus Christ. Because nothing changes by itself. When I got saved, I had to respond to God's love. And there are many of you tonight, you have to respond. You have to accept the love that God has for you. And you have to decide to put your life in the hands of Jesus. For now. Kijk, ek is 35 jaar in die bediening. Ek was al by soveel sterftes bedden, sterfteberdens gewees, van mense doodgaan in laaste oomlik, wat ek daar is, jong en oud, klein babaikies, wat in een swimbad geval het, tot mense wat 90 jaar oud is. Jy kan my niks vertel van die leven en die dood nie, wat ek het te veel af hoor van gesien. En dan Gola, I've seen too much. That death is the last enemy, but death is the destination of every man. En daar is geen waarborg dat jy morgen het nie. Die waarborg is nou. The guarantee is now. It's not to put fear upon you, but we need a reality check. So jy sit hier vanavond, jy weet, God praat met jou. Maar as een woeling hier binnen in jou, amper soos een ongemak, jy is amper senieachtig. Het is Godse geest wat in jou hart werk. Wat jy roep, om jy leven recht te maak met die Heere, om jy saak recht te maak met die Heere. You almost feel like nervousness on the inside. That's God talking to you. To commit your life to Jesus. You're sitting here tonight, you say there in Bloemfontein, in Durban, in Cape Town, in Gaborone. You're sitting there tonight and there's a stirring in your heart and you say, Pastor, I need a fresh start with God. I need to get back with God. I want to pray for you. While every head is bowed, every eye closed, that's you tonight. You want a fresh start, a new beginning tonight. Quietly, wherever you are, slip your hand up. I want to say a prayer for you quickly before we close the service. All over this place, raise your hand now, quickly. Raise it, raise it. God bless you, bless you, bless you. Raise it, lift it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. God bless you, God bless you. God bless you, bless you, bless you. God bless you. Come on, there is a heaven to gain, there is a hell to shun. Jesus came to this earth to die for our sin. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's the best decision you can ever make. It's the greatest decision. You can live it up in the world, but you're still getting bad, lonely and empty. I know I've been there. You can drink, you can party, you can smoke, you can marijuana, you can hubbly bubbly. You can do whatever it is. You can have another girlfriend, another boyfriend. You wake up empty next to that person the next day. That's reality. You have a God void that only God can fill. So before I pray, you've not yet raised your hand. These are stirring in your heart. Say, include me in that prayer. Lift your hand now in Jesus' name. Raise it up. Make a decision tonight. Thank you. 
Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. You know, God is an amazing God. God loves you. It's not one negative thought that God thinks towards you. Just imagine that. Because of grace, because of Jesus. What a great privilege to pray with you, young and old. No, young and young. <laughs> if you're over 85, I could say old. But as a vorige om jylle te bid, as a bijzonder as a vorige om van handies om die te bid. It's a great privilege. My mind's very active. So uh, come on, reach your hands out to all these beautiful people tonight. Put your hand on your heart tonight. A new beginning, a fresh start for you. All the people at the altar in Bloemfontein, in uh, Johannesburg, and all the other churches. Let's everybody pray this prayer out loud tonight. Say, Jesus, tonight I give my life to you. Thank you that you love me so much that you died for all my sin. I believe you are the Christ. I believe you rose from the grave. I believe you're alive. Tonight, I call on your name. Jesus, save me. Forgive my sin. Wash me in your blood. Give me the power to live for you. Tonight, I thank you for a new beginning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh. We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless. God bless.